time now on In the Zone with me, Vanessa Bourne. It's quarter past 11 and uh, been so looking forward to chatting to this gentleman. And he is the author of his latest book, Cultureneering, Culture, Diversity and Customer Service. Ian Fur, welcome to Radio Halderberg and good morning. Hi, Vanessa, and thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to speak to you. And uh, People might not know the name, but if I say sorbet, I'm sure many women are going to perk their ears up and their eyes and go, I know sorbet. <laughs> and I'm pleased to say, with, without planning it this morning, I'm looking down at my nails and I've got sorbet nail polish on my nails, just to add that there. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> okay, good. T- tell us a little bit more about that brief, that background that you have with sorbet and how it started. Okay, so so I've been an entrepreneur for about 45 years, and then eventually in 2004, I had developed what I call a culture framework. Mm -hmm. And that particular culture framework, in my mind, was was ready for a new opportunity, a business opportunity. I just sold my previous company, and I was looking for a business that I could use this culture framework. I'd always been fascinated by the people side of business, the Mm -hmm. culture and leadership and race relations and diversity. I've been working on those things for many, many years. And so I happened to, to just sort of stumble across an opportunity in the beauty industry, and somebody said to me, that there were no branded chains of beauty salons in the whole of South Africa. And that seemed to me like a really good, exciting opportunity. So I started buying up a few salons and then started to implement this culture framework, which I believe ultimately after 15 years or so became the, the most sort of important competitive advantage in our business and allowed us to grow to become the largest chain of beauty salons in, in the whole of Africa with 225 franchised outlets at the wow. time that I sold it. Sure, that is yeah. that is that is absolutely impressive. And I mean, the name—you just have to know it, and people know exactly um, what you're speaking about. But let's take a step to this bu- this wonderful book that you've written now, and uh, let's start with the first na- the name of the book, the first word. Culturineering. What exactly is cultureneering? And when I looked at the word, I thought to myself, are we going to see this word uh, pop up in the Oxford Dictionary soon as well? <laughs> yes, I hope so one day. And you can Google that word now. It's up there on Google. So cultureneering was just a word that I, I came up with to try and describe this culture framework that I had been developing all the years. At, at Sorbet, we called it the soul of Sorbet, but then after I left Sorbet and I started the Hatch Institute, I had to come up with a name for this culture framework. Mm-hmm. And it's about engineering a culture, I suppose. That's where the word comes from. And the definition is how to create a strong business culture in a diverse workforce that lays the platform for obsessive customer service. Uh, so it's a very powerful link between culture and service, really. That's what it's all about. I see. And and the link between um, having a sense of belonging uh, with staff yes. that then deliver this incredible service. I want to ask right, you. That's, yeah? that's correct, yes. Yeah. So I'm just going to say the socio-political yeah. side of, of, of the culturing process is very important, that everybody needs to have a sense of belonging despite their differences and mm. their backgrounds and the different race groups and, and the cultures and religions and political views, et cetera, et cetera. And that's our biggest challenge in, in South Africa, mm. particularly on the racial side, is that racial polarization is probably 
the biggest challenge we face right now in South Africa because race touches virtually every aspect of our lives. And if you can create a sense of belonging in the culture, you'll be able to eventually create a common purpose where everybody comes to work for the same reason. We're all accepted and respected and valued in our work. We're trusted and there's dignity and equality, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can create that common purpose, which is to serve. Mm. We all come to work to serve. A lot of people think we come to work to make money. But in actual fact, we come to work to serve. I was going to ask you, is it not just about making a profit and the bottom line? And, you know, do leaders have to look beyond that to this inclusive culture and and, and aim to get an inclusive culture from a fragmented workforce? That's correct, Vanessa. In fact, fact, most companies look at, at profit as the bottom line and are trying to see whatever they can do to extract as much profit as possible. But unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, culture is the bottom line. If you can create the right culture, then you will be successful in the rewards that, that you get from your service. So if you create a good culture, you can deliver a great service, and from that, the money will flow. When we go into business to make money, all that we're doing is we're trying to, to cut costs, we're taking shortcuts, we're cutting corners, and we're not delivering the best service that we can. So we first have to create the culture. That is the bottom line. And then we can go out there and start to make some money. And then on the other side, if you're the person earning the salary, is that not the purpose of the work you do? Not at all, no. If you come to work to make money, you've made a mistake, as far as I'm concerned. And I know that's quite an (laughs) unusual and somewhat controversial uh, statement, but, but I did all the the induction training at Sorbet Mm -hmm. for every single person that joined the company, over 3,000 people at the end, all attended my induction training. And and in that induction training, I made it very clear that the purpose of work is to serve your customers. If you come to work to make money, we call you an eye specialist because you are there to take more than you give. Mm -hmm. And we always had a golden rule and that golden rule was that service comes before reward. If you serve well, you deserve to be rewarded. If you don't serve well, well then you don't deserve to be rewarded and in fact you don't deserve to be in that particular environment because if it's all about you, then you're never going to deliver kind of service that that your customers are expecting from you. I had a a manager that I worked with several years ago and her mantra was uh, less me, more we. (laughs) And uh, she had posters up and you could see the people who didn't appreciate that and they were normally the eye specialists that you talk of. So uh, I I relate completely to that. I'm speaking to Ian Fur. He is the author of uh, his latest book, Culture culture, diversity, and customer service. Now, Ian, what is the difference between a vision and a purpose? Um, is the purpose not work? I, I loved listening to this no. about the difference. Now, I, I think a lot of people and a lot of companies and leaders get confused between a vision and a purpose. A vision really is a picture of the future. It's what will the business look like in two or three or five years' time. That's our vision, and we try to inspire people to follow us on our vision. In terms of the purpose, it's completely different. The purpose is why do you exist as a company in the first place, and you exist to meet the needs and expectations of your customers. If you do that and and you do it well, then your business business will will succeed and will, will flourish. But if you don't, 
and you don't focus on service, you only focus on, on the money, well then you're not likely mm-hmm. to be too successful. So purpose is there to understand why we come to work in the first place. Vision is the picture of the future that you create when you want to see what your business will look like in three to five years' time. Very, very distinct difference there. Ian, I could go on speaking to you for much longer than we have. I find this absolutely fascinating and very interesting. Thank you. And I think to myself that if every business was to adopt this, where we've got this culture of belonging, um, you know, it's it, you've got these little pods of belonging. Eventually, the whole country will we'll have a sense of belonging for the country. And I think that would be an amazing place to go to. What a vision that is. So, uh, I, absolutely. I th- so I thank you so much for your time this morning. If anybody would like to read this book, where can they get it? Is it available at all uh, outlets online? Correct, yeah. It's, it's available at all the exclusive bookstores, plus other book outlets, plus online, Kindle, and also at the Hatch Institute website as well. It's available there too. Wonderful. I, th- I think this is a really great book to get, even if you are not an entrepreneur, even if you are simply somebody who is employed by a company, go and get this book. Um, it is absolutely makes you think um, and it gives you something valuable uh, to take away. Ian, it been a real pleasure to speak to you this morning. Thank you so much for your time um, and for your wonderful perspective on how to create a sense of belonging and uh, have wonderful customer service so that we can really have great businesses here in South Africa. Okay, thank you very much, Vanessa, and thanks again for having me today. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye.